Hey, 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 listeners. I'm so excited because Bianca Cefalo is here today. She is a rocket scientist. You are simply going to enjoy this episode. When I was a kid growing up and, you know, our primary school teacher would ask, what would you like to be when you grow up? I said astronaut and a lot of my friends said astronaut because at the time astronaut was a big thing back in the day for us. Well, never would I thought that I would meet a real life rocket scientist. Bianca is dynamic. She's fascinating. She lives her life fully 360 degrees, which you'll hear all about. We discuss how space technologies powers our business, how telemedicine is so critical right now among other products being developed during COVID times. We also get a little personal to get a look into how she manifests joy into her life every day. Enjoy this episode. If you love it, share it with your friends. In fact, share it with many friends. We want to share this message all over the world. And don't forget, write us a review on your audio player of choice. Enjoy. Yes, yes. Welcome, superstars. Thank you so much for tuning in to this style. You're listening to At Live with Irene. I'm very excited to bring you this week's episode. I'm your host, Irene Roussel. Today, I have with me in studio a rocket scientist. Woo! I am so excited. Welcome, Bianca Cefalo. Hello, Irene. That, that's, that's a presentation, you know? That's part <laughs> of a rock, rock star presentation. Well, <laughs> I'm really happy to be here with you. <laughs> yeah, you are a rock star. Oh my goodness, literally. <laughs> <laughs> to you, my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And to those of you who are just tuning in to this dial, stay tuned because have we got a fantastic show for you. Bianca is a space system thermal product manager who enables Airbus Defense and Space UK to create and implement disruptive thermal management solutions for the next generation telecom spacecraft. You heard it here, folks. She works <laughs> on technologies to power up spacecrafts. Isn't that right, Bianca? Yeah, that's that's actually true. So yeah, I am uh, being a rocket scientist, so it goes without saying that I work with spacecraft. And um, so to, lead, to, to give a little bit about me and how also I ended up being a rocket scientist, what I used to say, and you may find it um, appalling, is that I'm an accidental rocket scientist. <laughs> because really? <laughs> and yeah and, yeah <laughs> no one would ever say oh you know I just fell accidentally into rocket science <laughs> but that was kind of the case for me but in which sense so uh, first of all to, to give um, my background so I am Italian I was born in Naples in the south of Italy, and but my, my career has spanned across Europe and especially in Germany and the UK, where I live now. 
Um, so when I was a child, um, my being an Italian, uh, clearly we are very proud of our uh, homemade products like Ferrari and all these beautiful race cars. Yeah. So um, none of my, uh, no one in my family, first of all, was uh, at a high education. So I'm not coming from a background where you actually were already into science or engineering or anything like that. Uh, but my passion for cars starts with my dad because he was a mechanic. So uh, when I was a child, I was just spending hours in the garage uh, with him. And uh, I would love how this, this mechanical pieces, how this, you know, this wizard, they would work together into a, in the, into a full machine. Because he was, he was so passionate about this job and still now, he's so much knowledgeable about cars and pieces and how they work together and how the, they, they can be mounted and dismounted. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So um, I was fascinated. And I said, so I started thinking, okay, how can I possibly uh, grow up and do this kind of working with this kind of, you know, very edgy technology, but at the same time bringing it uh, a level up because I actually didn't want to be a mechanic. I didn't want to stay in the garage, but at the same time, I wanted to, to work with technology. Plus, um, our ritual during Sunday lunch, the big Italian Sunday lunch, was actually to 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 watch Formula One cars, so the race. And I was, okay, I'm gonna be a race engineer. This is what I need to do. I love all of these and so on and so forth. And from there, uh, one step at a time, I started to understand that what I wanted to be was an aerospace engineer because watching documentaries about how they would test the cars into the wind tunnels and the aerodynamics of the cars and how they would design those kind of shapes so that they could go faster and so on. Uh, for me, was something that really um, was, you know, was the pinch in your stomach. I would see the aerodynamics of cars and I would feel like, wow, that's really interesting. So I realized that to become uh, aerodynamicist, so uh, an expert in aerodynamics for Formula One cars. Yeah. I was meant to study aerospace engineering. And then when I started that, uh, when I went to university against everyone's opinions, by the way, not my parents, they've always been my main sponsors, but uh, being a woman, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being, being, being a woman coming from, uh, you know, from the South and coming from still when I started, it, was, it wasn't many women going into aerospace engineering, everyone was very skeptical about it. It's like, are you really sure? Are you really sure that, you know, do you think it's too difficult for you? And all these kind of very unnecessary opinions. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I, I went to aerospace engineering anyway. And the more I was studying the subject that I was very passionate about, like aerodynamics, fluid dynamics, uh, thermodynamics, the more I was realizing that they could not only be applied onto cars, uh, for which I also had um, an extra academic uh, project where I yeah. founded a small scale Formula One um, team mm -hmm. uh, for um, a student's competition, but mm -hmm. they could also be applied to aircraft and then they could also be applied to re-entry vehicles, meaning, you know, spaceships, capsules coming or going through the atmosphere, 
pretty yeah. much like the, the the Falcon 9 that we've all seen a couple of weeks ago that was that launched the Crew Dragon into the outer space. Awesome. So I said, yes, <laughs> yes, that was actually, that was, that was my word. I was mind blown saying, wow, if I can apply this to, mm-hmm. you know, this um, outer space uh, machinery, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to stay on the ground. I'm going to go out there. And uh, this is what I've done. So I started more and more studying something that was hypersonic aerodynamics, space systems, aerodynamics, uh, spacecraft designing. And when I was still studying for my master's degree, I I came across an opportunity that was in Berlin. Um, for a small company working for the German space agency and my very first project was a NASA project which is the NASA Inside Mars mission which landed successfully on Mars in 2018. So here I am, (laughs) the accidental rocket scientist coming from the cars and going into the outer space. I love it, it's amazing you know you saw that opportunity in Berlin, applied for it, got it, and it totally changed your trajectory. I also love that, you know, your dad really nurtured you, you know, with his passion, his love for cars, um, you know, was passed on to you. And um, I can also resonate with the love for Formula One, because when I met my husband early on, every Sunday he watched Formula One, um, mm-hmm. races, of course, his favorite being Michael Schumacher. That one, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that one. <laughs> he was like the iconic hero of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I got immersed into Formula One for a bit. And um, so I can relate on that level, but certainly not on the rocket scientist level. So fascinating. <laughs> And um, I'm sure you've been touched by a lot of people. So how have mentors impacted this journey that you're now on? Um, This is a good question because um, I've uh, never really had one specific mentor. Mm -hmm. Um, Even even now that I'm working myself uh, for mentorship programs and as a mentor, what I used to say to to everybody is like, uh, you can be inspired by multiple mentors without them knowing. Yes. Meaning, um, the first mentor that I definitely had uh, was my mom, and yeah. uh, and that, that that that's possibly uh, the best mentorship I could have from an emotional and psychological and nurturing point of view. Because again, coming from a place where uh, she, she didn't know what I was doing or what where I was even headed in my life as my career because um, she has always been doing something completely different from science. Uh, she's always been a, a major role model for me uh, as a woman of persistence and resistance as well yeah. against any kind of social and cultural conditionings. And that was really my main push. And th- throughout my, my, my career and my academic days, um, I've seen many leaders uh, that for me were an example. And I've also seen many other leaders that for me were the example of non-leadership. So um, it's been extremely interesting to see how you can learn 
from and how you can kind of be mentored by colleagues, by your, uh, you know, the CEO of that company that you've worked on, by other students that possibly have done even more than you. So you get inspired, but also from the ones that you, you look at and you see, hmm, that's actually the leader I don't want to be. So this is how I've been touched by many, many people and especially uh, having had having lived in three different countries in a span of seven years mm -hmm. so going from Italy to Germany uh, to the UK I live in London now uh, it's extremely interesting to see how I could adapt to different ways of being and integrating into the cultures and how at each stage of my life they were so extremely important and the people that I've met along the, the, my journey some of them have come into my life and taught me something and then that they they are gone and new others will come in and at every step I was meant to have that spark I would meet that person that probably was a public speaker that gave me her book and I realized oh I want to be a public speaker and I actually want to learn about these or the other one that was an entrepreneur and I said wow that's also amazing um, I could possibly do that so it's been many multiple people and in different countries with completely different perspectives that they all made me the person I am now that is absolutely fascinating um, you know I, I love what you said you know people can be your mentors even from a distance right and something that I want to zone in on, which you talked about, is moving, you know, to multiple countries within a span of seven years and your adaptability and integration into the new cultures, right? Um, because we know that when we make a dramatic shift moving from one city to the next, especially after being settled, you know, it, it, it takes a certain level of understanding, um, you know, in order to integrate into a new communities. Can you expand on what you do to help you when you first get into a new city to get fully immersed in the culture and be connected? Yeah, so it's, it's so true that it's extremely important to be open-minded because anytime we are moving to a different country or even if we are moving from another city in our own country that's already a shift because you are leaving something behind you are leaving some friends or family or relationships so there is always something that you are not able to bring with you when you move and yes. moving across three different countries where first of all when i moved to berlin i was 23 and i moved there in two weeks <laughs> i didn't wow. know it was my <laughs> It was my first experience abroad, my, my, my first, uh, also in a country where I didn't know anyone. I didn't know the language at the time. I could only speak English, but not German at all. Uh, so for me, it was like jumping into an ocean full of sharks because I had yeah. no idea what I was doing. And it was scary. Uh, but at the same time, the way I, um, what I did to integrate is, and it's, it's something that I always do is that anytime I'm starting some, a new project or a new endeavor or a new, even a new travel, I jump into that like 200 miles an hour. <laughs> so I go full on on everything. I go and 
go alone. Like I, I, I love to, to, to check out the city uh, yeah. on my own. Yeah. in the very early mornings or in the evenings mm. i love to understand how even you know to go for a grocery shops yeah. and see what are the local things and mm. speak with strangers <laughs> ask yeah. them where should i go what should they do and um, the most the, the, the most important people that have helped me um, in this journey, especially when I was 23, were actually my colleagues. Because being the company very small at the time, um, we were like a, a little family. And yeah. we were all experts. We were all coming from extremely different countries. So imagine it was a company of probably 20 people, but they were all coming from India, Iran, Portugal, Spain, uh, Germany, a couple of them, uh, from Poland. So <laughs> we were all in the same place. And the beauty of working for technology companies and for these projects is that you are all coming from a massive diver massively diverse background mm -hmm. so you're all there and you are all going together through this journey yeah. uh, but one thing that and uh, then i've done when i moved to london that for me was probably one of the biggest really uh, shift of my old, um, uh, both personal and professional career because mm -hmm. i was living behind a long relationship where i was living with my boyfriend at the time so we were both living together, working together, and then I changed completely everything. Mm -hmm. I changed country, I changed job, they had more responsibilities, I changed my relationship status. <laughs> so yeah. that's, and that was two years and a half ago. And when you, exactly as you said, you are already settled, and then you, because you realize that that life doesn't really satisfy you anymore, uh, you have to take on a risk. I yes. took on the risk of moving to a completely different country again on my own, on a new journey. And uh, that is where everything, the whole paradigm shifts, shifted yeah. for me, where I joined multiple clubs, multiple memberships, met amazing women and looking at them and how they would carry themselves and how they would work and how would they, they would do. It was extremely important for me to integrate into the culture, to grow as a person and as a professional, and to also take on even more and bigger risks in my career life. Um, and this is, this is what I do. So basically my secret to, yes. um, to adapt is just be open-minded and take on risks, even if it comes with strangers. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that, um, you know, you are taking big risks like that and, you know, that you shared your story, which, you know, other people can resonate with. And for those of you who are moving to a new country, you know, you really got some good golden nuggets in terms of how to adjust, you know, find people who are in a similar situation like you, if you can or if not, immerse yourself in the culture and get to know everything about the city um, very, very quickly. So, Bianca, what is your superpower? Um, so, I think there are two superpowers here. One is that, as, as we were talking last time, is that I'm a little quirky, <laughs> yeah. which uh, means I never really liked the mainstream ways of living or perceiving 
reality is is. And um, the other one is being uh, an extremely uh, sensible empath. So when you put them together, they could be superpowers, but they can be also twofold. Because being quirky is something that um, it, it really applies to me because I never really fit into any boxes of a rocket scientist or um, a scientist in general or an engineer because I love having a life which is full 360 degrees. So I love science as much as I love philosophy, as much as I love art, as much as I love meditation, mindfulness, reading and traveling and experiencing to the purest level life as it comes and sometimes when you were an engineer what i used what what i heard uh, um, what i've heard a lot is that engineers or scientists are very much logical too rigid they don't yes. really tap into their subconsciousness so yes. uh, this quirkiness of me looking for this unknown indie niche thing is actually something that got me to the place I am because even my own specializations in aerothermal fluid dynamic is something yes. that is extremely niche so being quirky was actually something that got me where I am and being an empath as well because when then you start leading teams when you also at, at least especially for me now that i work on uh, stem education and um, mm -hmm. outreach especially for space and space technology it is very very important that you uh, tune into the people that you are speaking to yeah. if they are children you have to understand where they are coming from if you are telling a story as now i'm telling a story to you i understand that the audience are women and uh, professionals and people yes. out there will really need to understand what is the value that I'm saying. So I need to get personal and I also need to get vulnerable about sharing my story so that people can resonate and they can get value out of it. So quirky and empathic are definitely two superpowers that are helping me both from the technological and the leadership side of, of my life, let's say. I love it. I love it. And I know like what's firing you up right now is the work that you're doing in space tech. Can you just expand on that as it relates to space tech leadership? Yeah. So um, when I started actually uh, communicating uh, science and space technology, it is because I've realized there is a big misconception about what is space about and why we are investing into space. So what we have to realize is that we live in space. Our Earth, our life on Earth it's completely dependable on what is happening around us in the outer space because we are there we are suspended in the solar system which belongs to the milky way which is our galaxies our, our galaxy that is in this vast dark cosmos so really thinking that we don't depend on space technology is is an erroneous and is a, a thought and it's a misconception also, what it is extremely important to understand is that investments that are done for space technology are the ones that are helping us today to be here connected, you in Canada and myself in Italy, thanks to internet. So I work on telecommunication spacecraft and uh, telecommunication spacecraft are actually the ones that are helping us having broadband, TV, radio, broadcasting, uh, anything, any, the, the life that we have 
today. You know, if we work from home, we are digitally connected to anything and anyone on Earth. It's all thanks to satellite communication and satellite Wi-Fi and the Internet. So um, when, when every day I, I see, I, I work on the innovation or, or the, on the development of some new innovative solution for telecommunication spacecraft, I realized that my job is going beyond the actual um, you know, office job yes. or the design job because it is shifting completely the way humankind is living on Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, weather forecast is coming from the Earth observation satellites, yes. um, climate monitoring, crop monitoring, water monitoring in developing countries, telemedicine. Yes. We are talking now, um, we're having this conversation in the midst of a global pandemic. And yes. if we didn't have space technology advancements, we wouldn't have the possibility to spread out telemedicine. Um, and the yes. same, uh, when, when we talk about space explorations, going to moon, going to Mars, um, it's a bigger scale of what we had as a exploration, the age of exploration on Earth where um, people were, coming, were going from Europe and going to other places to understand what's there. Uh, can we live there? Can we, um, can we possibly settle somewhere? Can we know other people? Now what we are doing with space exploration is not only um, sending something into space so that we can improve our life on Earth, but also we are trying to understand if we as a humanity, as we need to in the next centuries to come, could possibly settle somewhere because resources out there are infinite. And uh, also when uh, we look at the um, exploration in space, um, it's like um, a, sm a bigger scale of what we've seen as the age of exploration that happened, where humanity was actually expanding and exploring, discovering new places from one country, from one continent to another, exactly to understand, could we possibly settle somewhere? Could we possibly see if there is someone else out there? How can we reach that far? What, what, what's, what's next? Yes. So the same thing is happening at the moment with the space exploration. So um, as I was saying, beyond the fact that we are using uh, satellite technology for the good of our own daily life on multiple levels. Um, the space exploration is actually necessary because as the, the more we go on with our own evolution as, as, as species, um, the more we will need to expand somewhere else and not because our resources are limited. Actually, if we look at the vast cosmos, our resources are infinite. So we should take advantage of the means that we have technologically and also as a conscious um, uh, human race and uh, go out there and see if there is anything else that could work for us, um, anything else where we could settle, anything else that could give us a life that we didn't think of a couple of centuries ago. That is extremely fascinating. I'm going to zoom in on something which I know right now is very critical given, you know, a current um, health situation that, you know, we're all collectively facing all over the world at the same time since uh, February, and that is COVID-19. The need for telemedicine has become so much more critical, and this pandemic has really opened up the shortcomings in terms of that area. So how is space technology helping 
with telemedicine during this current crisis? Yeah, as um, as I was saying before, so the, the the main important thing to understand is that, um, and the first beautiful thing to understand is that every kind of engineering company or industry at the moment uh, has helped a lot with any kind of ventilators and 3D printed instruments and systems that were needed uh, for COVID-19 patients. So it's important important to understand that even if it is a space, even if you were a space company or if you work on any other thing that is engineering or technology, you can assist with your business and your flexibility what's needed the most, the cause that's needed the most at the moment. And even at the company I work for, they were able to 3D print lots of bulbs and ventilators for COVID-19 patients in the UK and across Europe and the world. So that was okay. the main thing. Um, and and then second, telemedicine. Telemedicine is something that basically we are using telehealth uh, via our software applications. Mm -hmm. And the need of covering um, those countries that are gen generally not covered enough, like the Western world, let's say, yeah. is what the space technology is doing. If we are able to have satellites that are giving broadband to those countries that are needed the most, let's say Africa, India, Southeast Asia, where, um, where clearly the coverage um, in terms of uh, GPS or in terms of satellite communication may not be the same as we have in the Western world. Some, and even reaching remote rural places that via cable connections will never be reached. Yeah. This is something that the satellite communication is doing thanks to the telecommunication satellite and thanks to the uh, mega constellations that can be sent into space. Mm -hmm. This is exactly the way we can reach out to populations and to, to areas of our world that will be completely disjointed if from 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 this uh, from help from uh, from communications from mm -hmm. even education mm -hmm. um, if we didn't have satellites and mm -hmm. uh, the, the in, in fact one of the main thing of uh, space technologies advancement in the satellite communication is to close the digital gap the digital yes. divide uh, this would happen with cabling where you know if you live in a far out rural community you don't get the same TV or radio or information as you would have in the center of a city mm -hmm. with satellite communication you can have that same information coming through your phone or your laptop or your tv as much as if you are in a rural zone or if you are in the center of london it's the same this is what space technology is doing absolutely fascinating um you know i was um born on the island of dominica and you know right now currently um with you know, pandemic times, the discussion is focused around telemedicine, you know, for the Caribbean as a region in terms of capitalizing on that, because a lot of the processes and systems that's available is having experts coming to the island to operate certain, you know, medical equipment. And, you know, in moving to um, 21st century would be you know, having a close examination and access to telemedicine. So it, I, it's really interesting. And I'm glad that I'm learning that all of this comes from, you know, space technology, right? 
Yeah, yeah, that is, I, um, as I was also saying during the, the Women Pack conference where we actually e-met, is that the digital revolution that we are living, which is giving, a, which is giving more population, more communities access to what they didn't have before, to any services that they didn't have before, it's co-dependent from the, the, the advancement in space technology, because without having enough satellites, if you think about GPS, yes. right? So if you think about moving around with Google Maps in a yes. remote place, if you are in the desert or somewhere you've never been before, mm -hmm. you for having that precise coordinate on your phone, you need three GPS satellites orbiting around the Earth. So mm -hmm. if we didn't have enough of the space technology, none of this reach could go into all the different places on Earth. So there is, uh, and they are all intertwined. Uh, they've and they've always been, and this will be even more and more in the future. Thank you so much for connecting the dots on that, Bianca. Now let's move on to um, something you know a little bit lighter. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of um, what advice would you have for young women who are coming up, who are looking at trying to decide, you know, a career path, whether or not they're going to create their own business or enter cooperate? So the first thing that I would tell my younger self as well, because I've learned from my mistakes, is yes. that... Um, we um let's say that if you are trying to be uh if you're trying to open your company which i've also done with my family business and i'm in the corporate world as well so i'm both basically um it's that we have a lot of limiting beliefs ourselves especially as women and especially as young women who don't fit as i was saying so the main thing that i was say that that that, that the Really, the advice is that we have to show up every day for who we really are. Because when I started working, and as I was very young, and as I said, I moved away from my country when I was 23 and didn't really know anyone. So I was integrating into the new systems, into a new culture, trying to fit in. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was uh, a failure because then you realize that it's really short-sighted because you can pretend you fit into something uh, yes. just for a short period of time. And then the more I was showing up as my own self with my own voice, my own opinions, because sometimes, you know, when you show up into a corporate world or into a market new world as an entrepreneur and you are very devoted to your mission, your opinions can sound quite radical at times. Yes. Yeah. Um, because you were so passionate about your cause and that's your opinion and your voice is loud and people trying to shut it down, like tone it a little bit down or whatever. And um, I realized I, I didn't have to do that because I was, if anything, that was counterproductive for my own creativity and for my own creative thinking. So to anyone who wants to get into any technology corporation or want to open a new business, you have to understand that your mission is the main, uh, is, is what is going to motivate you. And the way you want to pursue your mission with your own style, with your own thinking, with your own moving, with your own walking is what you have to keep doing because you don't have to fit in. Actually, you have to stand out. 
So this is what I would tell any young woman who wants to start their own success in anything they want to do. Definitely, I agree. You know, um, why, you know, would you want to try and fit in when you were meant to stand out? So this is powerful, very powerful advice. Thank you so much for that, Bianca. Now let's move into, you know, the rapid fire inside questions. Mm-hmm. We know that, you know, every day as individuals, as humans, we need to set our tone for the day. So what do you do to put a pep in your step, a pride in your stride? Um, so to start my mornings uh, as a fire thing, I'm, I'm actually writing it down. So I do in this, these steps, it's meditation, black coffee, solitude and music on. Awesome. And before the pandemic, I would actually go to a yoga class, but now it's a little bit difficult. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we all know that music changes of our physiology. So what are you listening to right now to change your mood? Oh, I'm listening to a lot of soul blues vibes. Uh, actually, I've discovered uh, this woman. She's amazing. She's called Celeste. She's okay. a British but uh, American-born uh, singer, soul singer. And actually, now I'm having on repeat her album. And one of her uh, songs is called Both Sides of the Moon because, you know, I'm being a space geek. And, <laughs> and she has this way of talking through even difficult topics, especially about romantic relationships that go wrong yeah. in a way that is so sensual and is so inviting and so relaxing and this kind of beautiful blues mood. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm just loving it. <laughs> That's awesome. In terms of a book that has really helped Mm -hmm. you on your career path, what would you recommend? Uh, The one that changed completely my mind and my my mindset, I would say, is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Cowie. Um, When I came across this book, I thought, oh, that's another one that is going to tell you what you were meant to do and how egotistic you have to be to be successful and the overnight success and all these kind of things. So I was very skeptical about it. But then I started reading. It's a thousand pages book. Uh, I found it extremely transformational because it's not about the things that you have to do. It's about finding your inner purpose, really tuning inwards and then giving outward. So it was completely different from what I thought. It's not about ego. It's not about uh, money. It's not about uh, getting, you know, properties on how to be the next billionaire. It's actually how do you want to get where you want to where you want to go. And you could also get, you know, about being a millionaire, but tuning into your real values and the the major cause that you want to serve. So I definitely recommend that to anyone who is also going through um, some difficult moments, because I started reading it when I was coming out of a very dark moment emotionally, and it really helped me going through all the steps of my own self-development to get out of that dark place and understand what it is my next purpose, what it is my mission on this earth. Really, really beautiful book. Wow. Fantastic. That's fantastic. And what do you think about energy and vibrations in our body? 
which helps to change us in a positive way? Um, I love the idea of the law of attraction and um, the frequencies that we are on and the people that come into our life and the things that happen into our life according to the energies. And it is very true because think about, so um, if you are focusing on um, a yellow car, you yes. would always see around you yellow cars, right? Yes. Yes. You, if you're focusing on that, if you are focusing on um, starting your own business, you will kind of always go get around people that are entrepreneurs. Yes. If you are focusing on the negativity or something that goes wrong in your life, on a daily basis, you would only see what you are missing rather than what you can have. So it is extremely important to feel the uh to, to rewire our brain let's say in a way that what do you think it's what you are going to manifest to give you an example uh going back to the fact that then i moved to germany and i started working with nasa projects and so on because you mentioned michael schumacher and yes. formula one so michael schumacher is obviously german and um, for me, that seeing that icon, that, that was a hero for me at the time, and um, how I wanted to work so much on that kind of project, I always said, since I was a child, I had no idea how, but I always said, I'm going to be an engineer and I'm going to start my career in Germany. Believe me, I had no idea how this could happen. And then what happened? My first career actually started in Berlin. So it's really the way you focus on things, uh, the way you look at the opportunities and they are coming. And the more you focus on what you want to have in your life, the more you will attract the people that can actually help you to get to that stage. Absolutely fascinating. We could go on and on talking. Yes. It's such a yes. fascinating yes. video. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I could go, yeah, really, really a lot, a lot on, on all these things yes. because it really happened to me multiple times when my frequency, my own personal uh, consciousness wasn't that high. Uh, I would just be around people and situations that were toxic to me. And in the moment I would realize I need to step up and get out of that and really make the big change happen. I would see that everything and all the people that I wanted or have or want or needed to have in my life, they would show up in, you know, in a meeting or on LinkedIn, for instance, uh, through a message, you know, that can be the breakthrough of your career or personal life. And so it's happening right now where um, I'm very clear about what it is my mission and what is where I want to go and what I want to do both professionally and personally. And the only people that I am e-meeting, because we can't really go that far, are the ones that are perfectly aligned with my purpose, with my values, the ones that are pushing me to be the better version of myself and vice versa. So it is extremely important the way we focus on and the way we feel about ourselves to attract exactly what we want and who we want in our life. So awesome. Thank you so much, Bianca. You've laid so many golden nuggets for our listeners. And how can they continue the conversation with you? 
Um, so I've actually launched my uh, personal website, uh, which is biancacefalo.com. Uh, but they can reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. My name, Bianca Cefalo, on Facebook, the same. And on Twitter, be the rocket star and on Instagram, Cosmical B. But if they go on my website, they will find all the information and um, any, uh, a form that they can send out for collaboration, for inspiration, for a chat, anything that um, the audience wants to talk about. Awesome, absolutely phenomenal. A pleasure to meet you, Bianca. I am totally fascinated and will follow your journey. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here to share with all listeners. I am just super, super inspired by our talk today. Ah, thanks for you to having me. It's been so awesome and nice to, to really have a candid chat. Listeners, I'm preparing this fantastic community for you, a community where we can gather, collide, share our ideas, and support each other. I have a lot of plans for you. You are simply going to enjoy the Live with Irenia community. It's coming soon. I will be sharing more in future episodes. Hang on to your seats because we are going to have so much fun. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I would love to incorporate you into my show. If you're facing a challenge, if you want to give a shout out, please email me info livewithirenia at gmail.com. All one word, info livewithirenia and gmail.com. If it fits with the program, I will definitely incorporate it. If you're sending a shout out, Oh, I would certainly love that. If you found value in the show, please share it with a friend. It's important that we share this knowledge and spread it all across the world. After all, we are in this life journey together. Please do subscribe to this podcast so that you can know when a new episode drops please head on over to iTunes, give us a review, let me know how great you think the show is, and give me some feedback on an episode that has changed the trajectory of your life or has impacted you in some small way. If you want to connect with me on social, head on over to Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at livewithirenia. This podcast was produced by me in my home studio, including all brand elements. Listeners, until our next episode, walk into your day with positive vibes. My hope for you is that you find your vibe wherever you may be in your life journey. I'm your host, Irene Roussel.